You're listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. On today's episode, I'm interviewing a executive leadership coach who's going to teach us all about a word that many of us are using on the daily that's negatively impacting our business performance. So let's get into it. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder and CEO of the ethical fashion brand Encircled, business coach, business mentor, and proud dog mama. I'm excited to have you back listening to this episode. It's going to be a doozy. I am so excited to have today's guest on. So before I get into an introduction and we get right into the interview, I want to talk a little bit about the topic that we're going to talk about today. So today's topic is stop shooting on your business and unlock more time, energy, and resources in your business. So the S word, should. So do you use that in your business? I know I use it in my business and I'm guilty of using it in my daily life as well. Like I should go to the gym or I should take the dog out more often or I should... (laughs) go out more. (laughs) Or in my business, I know this may resonate with a lot of listeners. I often talk about how I should be farther ahead, or I should be doing more social media or whatever, apply that word to anything else. And, And really what we're talking about on today's episode is how this word actually is sabotaging yourself and, and holding you back. What we say and what we think is so impactful as entrepreneurs you know, it impacts your personal life, but it also really impacts your business. And especially if you have a team, it can just take everybody out. The mindset of the leader at the top is the mindset of the whole organization. So it's really important for us to work on that continuously. And that's what today's guest is really passionate about. So I'm about to welcome onto the podcast, Amy, Amy Wong. She's the founder of Always On Purpose. She's an executive leadership coach, author, speaker, and facilitator working with organizations like Airbnb, Salesforce, Roku, LinkedIn, Facebook, the Navy SEALs. Crazy. That's amazing that we're having her on here. She focuses on transformational leadership development and cutting-edge communication strategies for executives and corporate teams and really helps pull in this idea of psychology, design thinking, neurobiology, conversational intelligence. And how we can, you know, reclaim precious time, identify the blind spots that we have in our own lives, get more energy, create a bandwidth, and create better impact. So she has a book coming out, Living on Purpose, which is super exciting. So we'll definitely put the link in the show notes to that. So please join me in welcoming Amy to the podcast. All right. I'm really excited to welcome today's guest to the podcast. Please join me in welcoming Amy Wong to the podcast. Amy, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here. Yeah. So we just did your intro and I know I've you know gotten what I got off your website, but I want to hear a little bit more from you about your journey to what you do and where you are now. So maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? What did you study? And what is it that you do now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, you know, I'm a coach now Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because even though I've been formally coaching for over 10 years, 
I've been coaching way longer than that. And so going back in time, I, you know, I grew up in Sacramento and at an early age, I became really, really passionate and obsessed with piano and math. And so my love for both piano and math, just, I was immersed in it. And in high school and in, in junior high, high school, and definitely in college, I found myself in all of the, in these teaching and tutoring roles. And I remember in, in high school, I had a really, really booming business where I was tutoring young kids in math and I was teaching piano out of my house and I was teaching piano out of a big music store in Sacramento. And, and it's interesting. I just, I love, 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 love. And back then I loved teaching. I loved facilitating and I loved diving into these topics with others and what I didn't, you know, now looking back, it's like, I realized, gosh, I was exercising a, a certain kind of skill and being able to relate to people and didn't know it then, but that love led me to study math at Berkeley and immersed myself there, passionate about it, was teaching math at Cal as a UGSI. And all of this technical knowledge just naturally led me into tech. And mm -hmm. so when I started at Sun Microsystems, when I was about 18 years old, started interning. So I'm going to school and I'm interning and I found a niche that was really wonderful. And so I ended up working and going to school pretty much all the time. So by the time I graduated in 01, I was, I had really a good foothold at Sun Microsystems. So I just launched right into full-time work and, and my work at Sun. So even though it was rather technical, I would always end up in these roles where I was translating between development and end use, end user, or mm -hmm. I was facilitating others, or I was, it was just this coaching mindset. And it was, it was in my early twenties that I was like, oh my gosh, you know what, you know what it is? I have this passion and this really adept skill at being able to listen for what people don't know that they don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's like, it all clicked. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what lights me up. And that's what I'd been doing with my, you know, those little kids in math. And that's what I'd been doing, you know, when I'm teaching piano, it's like, it's because where people were getting stuck was not what they knew. And it, and it wasn't even what they didn't know, the stuff they knew they didn't know. It was the stuff they didn't know that they didn't know. So they didn't know what questions to ask. And so when I made that realization, all of a sudden my work had more meaning. Then I had my first child and here it's 2008 and I'm 29 years old and I'd been at Sun for 10 years and this sweet baby boy, oh my goodness, what a wake up call. And, mm -hmm. you know, at this point in my life, I am happily married. I'm still happily married. We live in a wonderful home in San Francisco. My life is perfect on paper and got mm -hmm. this beautiful baby boy. And there's just something just, I can't even begin to describe how jarring but just beautifully mm -hmm. jarring, you know, going from not being a parent to a parent, just how eye-opening it was. And it forced me to really take a good hard look at who I was. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I couldn't go back to work and it devastated me, Christy, because I didn't have a good reason for it because I loved what I did. Mm -hmm. And I, but I couldn't put my finger on why I knew I couldn't go back. And I, and it wasn't because I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom necessarily. I just, I was really confronted with, I don't think I am attending to everything that I am. So that big breakdown breakthrough 
which I actually write about in my new book that's coming out in May, a mm-hmm. little bit just to give some context from where the book comes from. Massive breakthrough. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, going about it all wrong. It's not about figuring out, figuring it out. It's about feeling it out. And I completely turned on the on my axis and began to navigate life differently. So with that big insight, went back and got my master's in transpersonal psychology. And oh my gosh, like it's, you know, to, to go from pure math to transpersonal psychology, I'm going to talk about balance, right? Left brain thinking and right brain thinking. And that's when coaching found me. And it's just been this incredible journey over the past 10 years where it's been effortless and joyful. And it's, yeah, I'm definitely living my purpose. And I realized it was after I had to balance my, my thinking out, mm-hmm. boom, it just happened. Yeah. It sounds like that's quite the journey and you've had just a big pivot and shift and you've got a very interesting background. I mean, it sounds like you're an entrepreneur kind of early on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and stuff like that. <laughs> Often see that with people I interview that they've started something in high school or whatever, which is amazing. So tell me a little bit more about the mission of your business. So like, yeah. what do you do now and how does that impact the people you work with? Yeah. So, you know, I really early on and cause I'm, I'm rather spiritual and I'm, I'm just fascinated with all things, consciousness studies and, and, you know, very early on, I would say maybe around even third grade, I just, I've been so enamored with the bigger questions. And I knew back then, like, you know, I'm here to really raise the vibration of consciousness. That's what this is about. And now at this stage in my life, I can very explicitly say that. And so the mission of my business is really to raise that, the vibration of consciousness. And what does that mean? It's to help people wake up to what's really true about themselves. So many people live you know, in fear. So many people live through the lens of false perception with false beliefs about themselves, about Mm -hmm. beliefs that they, that just don't serve them about themselves in the world. And in doing so, it creates a lot of turmoil. It creates a lot of conflict. It creates a tremendous amount of discomfort. And so for me, it's really about bringing people back to what's really true about themselves, that they are innately whole and complete. And that sounds, you know, really big and noble, but really, honestly, when it comes to all the coaching work that I do, it really does come down to that. Mm -hmm. And so I partner. So right now, you know, it's, my journey has been a really wonderful, wonderful and varied, but at this stage in my life, I'm, I'm, I work with a lot of startup founders. I work with a lot of executives and leaders, mainly in the tech space. I mean, not limited to the tech space, but a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs as well, but really to, to break through false perception and live and lead on purpose. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I think before I started my business about 10 years ago, I was in corporate for almost 10, 11 years and nothing unearths insecurities (laughs) and anxiety, like starting your own business um, (laughs) in a way where like you could be totally capable of presenting. I used to work in management consulting. So I did a lot of like presentations to C-level executives at like, I was probably like 30 years old and feeling pretty confident. And then you start your business and everything kind of goes sideways. Right. (laughs) Ironically. That's right. That's right. You know, I tell people, I'm like, you know, becoming a business owner, it's really quite a spiritual practice, isn't it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You see a lot of mental health issues with startup founders and, Mm -hmm. you know, people, even after they sell their business, really struggling because it becomes such a part of your identity even as well. It's, it's, 
it's definitely personal. So, Oh, perfectly said it. I mean, perfectly said. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about today's interview topic, which we wanted to really center in on that I thought would be super interesting. So shoulding yeah. <laughs> the word should, <laughs> um, and how that really needs to be, you know, something that people refrain from saying. And I know we often say it and I can hear my listeners thinking to themselves that maybe they said it today. Cause I know I said something like that today to myself about oh. something I was doing. I should do this. I yes. should work out because, you know, I should do that, but yes, yes. feeling so well, but I should do it anyways. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that word and what does that mean to you and how does yeah. that word itself hold entrepreneurs back? Oh my goodness. This is my favorite topic to talk about because this, what, what we're about to dive into, it just becomes so obvious how this is the biggest anchor in our life's equation. And we don't, check this. Mm -hmm. We just take it for face value. And so, you know, when you think about the word should, when you hear the word should, I should go to the gym. I should clean the bathroom today. Mm -hmm. I should eat my vegetables, whatever it might be. I mean, think about how that makes you feel, feel Mm -hmm. into that. It makes you feel, you know, I ask, you know, folks in a workshop, like, how does that make you feel? And I always get heavy, obligated, burdened, Mm -hmm. guilty. It's like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And so then you have to ask, well, should according to who? Mm-hmm. And then you stop and you're like, well, that should according to me. <laughs> it's like, well, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Because really what's happening here, left unchecked, we, what's, what should implies is that there is this fixed reality out there that represents the good life. That's and I and I I jokingly say it's the big book of shoulds up in the sky. Mm-hmm. And it's like this big book of shoulds lists all the standards by which we must abide by in order to be a good person, to mm-hmm. be happy, to excel, to all the things. But then you're like, wait a minute, hold on. That doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. There is no way things should be mm-hmm. at all. There mm-hmm. is no way things should be. And you know, it's 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 a rather big and deep conversation. And, you know, sometimes I'm confronted with, well, Amy, hold on, but you know, we shouldn't kill each other. And I'm like, okay, hold on. So let's, let's just get clear on something when it comes to reality, like for each and every one of us, there's not much, there's really no truth we can assert other than I exist. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I mean, here you are, Christy. This is the first time really we're meeting. You're on a screen. You're somewhere else. I, I've got five senses to tell me that you're real. And the truth is you and I are in agreement that you're real. And I like that agreement, but what do we know about existence? Right. And so this is where we have to say, look, we, we really don't know anything, but we have agreements. We have agreements that we are not going to kill each other. We're going to have agreements to live by the golden rule. We have agreements to be kind and generous. all those. Yes. I like those agreements, but when it comes to a should, like, what is this measuring up to? So Going deeper should to me is a symptom. And the bigger conversation here really has to do with the topic of resistance. Mm-hmm. And resistance, I'm going to break this down and make this super simple. The resistance is the single only thing that keeps us from thriving. Mm-hmm. Now, let's so, so to, to break this down, what I know to be true is that each and every one of us just, we want to feel good. And we have goals 
to excel and to thrive and to make money and to all these things. But if we were to really stop and look at all of that, we say, well, yes, I want this. I want this. I want this. But why do we want the things we want? Mm-hmm. 100% it's because we think it's going to make us feel good. Mm-hmm. So really what we want is a feeling state behind everything single desire is a f- desired feeling state. And so to make this very simple, I, I like to think of this really objectively. And I think this is my math, mathematician mind, right? So I, I tend to break things down in objective terms. So let's imagine you can map every single emotion that you can experience on a scale, a vertical scale, where the highest, most positive emotion is at the top and the lowest, most positive negative emotion is at the bottom. And then you got neutral that separates positive and negative. Now, all of us want to hang out up, up in the positive quadrant. Mm-hmm. That's just true. Everything we do, we do it because we think it's going to ha- hang us, have us hanging out up there. Now, all the stuff below, whether it's as minor as confusion or as mild as apathy or is really insignificant as, say, disappointment or annoying like anxiety and going all the way down to vengeful and then depths of despair, all of that stuff is caused by one thing. And when you get this, oh my gosh, it can be such a game changer because we tend to complicate this game of emotions and feelings. But here's the truth, Christy. You can be hanging out up above neutral. And the only thing that is going to dip you down below neutral to any degree is simply when you are in your now moment. Here we are, present time. The moment you resist what is, Hmm. boom, that that resistance itself drops you below neutral. Mm -hmm. And to the degree you push, is to the degree that you experience negativity. Mm-hmm. So now check this out, right? And, 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 I, and I encourage everyone that's listening to really check this out and, really, and make a case for themselves that this is true, right? I usually have an example where I'm like, okay, let's imagine it's, fr- it's Friday. Today is Friday, right? Mm-hmm. So let's imagine yeah. that you're, you're in an office. It was, you know, because, hey, you got to go to the office today, even though, you know, we work from home often, but yeah, you're in the office and you're excited to come home and it's, You've got plans, you got friends, whatever it might be. And you get up onto the freeway in what usually takes 45 minutes. Now, all of a sudden, boom, you've got this massive accident and unfortunate situation. And now you're, it's an hour and a half, mm-hmm. <sighs> right? And so what happens is we tend to get frustrated or whatever it may be. And naturally we want to blame the traffic. And we say, it's the traffic's fault that I am now upset. But here's the thing. It's not the traffic. It's your resistance to the traffic because you were fine. But the moment the traffic happened, did you pushed against the circumstances? You, re- you wanted it different. You thought it should be different. So there, listen for that. You should be different. Boom. You drop below neutral because, you know, on the flip side, let's imagine that here you're at the office. It's Friday. You get in the car and then you realize, oh my God, we have dinner with my in-laws tonight. Ugh! And let's just imagine you hate your in-laws. And they're, they're only there for a period of time because they got to get home early and go to bed. And you get into the car and then your commute all of a sudden blows up and you're like, woohoo, I can listen to podcasts. I can just hang by myself, right? And so now you're happy. So again, it's not the traffic. It's not the conditions of life that cause us to feel what we feel. It's our relationship to them. So resistance, what is it? It's judgment. Judgment meaning I'm judging myself. I should be different. Judgment of others. You should be different. Judgment of circumstances. This should be different, right? It is when we compare ourselves negatively. That's when we experience, because we're essentially, we're pushing against our own conditions, our own situation. 
Mm-hmm. And so all of this is really to, to tee up where should comes from. Now, should is a, is a really slippery little word here because we have convinced ourselves that should as is a motivator. And it moves us in the direction of what we want and that it moves us in the direction of, say, the positive. Like, and I heard you say earlier, I should go to the gym. Mm-hmm. But check this out, Christy. If you say, I should go to the gym. What you've tricked yourself into thinking is that you're focused on what you actually, what you want, but that's not true, Mm -hmm. right? You're not thinking about, oh, I want to feel youthful. I want to feel regenerative. I want to feel, I want vitality. I want to feel flexible. No, because if you should, what's naturally happening is you're facing all the stuff you don't want. Oh, I feel fat. Oh, I feel guilty. Oh, I ate too much cheese last night or whatever it might be. And you're focusing on the negative consequences, the stuff you don't want, and you push them away. Mm -hmm. And it's that momentum of pushing that moves you in the direction of what you do want. But what happens? While you push, you're keeping yourself below neutral. Mm -hmm. And so for me, last thing I'll mention here, it's just, this is a bandwidth issue. It's just straight up. Because if you're going to motivate yourself to get through life by using should, you're eating up tremendous amount of resources. It's kind of like, you know, to the degree you have shoulds running, you know, I should spend more time with my kids. I should be reading more. I should walk my dogs longer. I should, whatever it might be. If you've got that in your equation of life, it's like putting ankle weights and wrist weights on you while you go run a marathon. Mm -hmm. Like, well, that's not optimizing your, your flow. And so should is the hallmark indicator of resistance. Resistance is unnecessary. And resistance is the single thing that keeps us from true creativity, flow, ingenuity, innovation, being able to connect, being able to look into the future optimistically. It's just, it's wasted, wasted resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's definitely something that keeps you stuck. I think for our listeners and I think personally, like, you know, I use the example of the gym, but you know, I probably will. Well, I'm in, I can see my treadmill. It's behind me. <laughs> uh, I know I really do enjoy working out and staying active. I think I woke up this morning. I felt a little stressed out about my schedule. So I was like, I, I don't have time. And again, you get into that spin from a business context, you know, some things that I know come up often for our listeners in general is this phrase, which I'm sure you've heard before from your coaching clients, but I should be farther ahead. Oh, Um, All the time, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, that sense of comparison that entrepreneurs are so good at having by seeing, you know, somebody's highlight reel on Instagram, that their business looks so good at raised money or right. Supposedly got this award or whatever, like what kind of tactic can somebody take to stop themselves from thinking that and reframe? Absolutely. Well, so my, my quick and dirty trick to pivot from resistance to allowance to acceptance, which really just facilitates flow is to assert straight up. There is no way things should be. There is no way I should be. There is no way this should go, period. I know nothing about this person's journey. And there is no standard of measure that says that this is successful versus that. Am I happy? Yeah. Am I proud of where I'm at? Yeah. Am I excited about what I'm doing? Uh Uh-huh. So what, what more do you want? Right? So it's just, we have to stop ourselves short from this false premise that there is, there's a way we should be 
but there's not, there's a way success should look. And remember I mentioned earlier, like what is resistance? Comparisons is resistance, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Comparison is very different than inspiration, right? Because we could have people or role models in our life, mentors in our life that we look to and we become just incredibly inspired. Like, wow, look at what they've done. And it makes you feel good. And see, that to me is what it's all about. How do you feel in a moment? Because that's what it's all about. And so if you if you have a focal point, whether it's, you know, an idol or a role model, and you look at their journey and you feel good because it gives you ideas and it energizes you and you feel inspired, amazing. That means that you are leveraging experience for the sake of your journey in a really positive way with no resistance. Great. But if you look at somebody and it makes you feel bad about yourself, that's comparison. Mm-hmm. And now you're pushing against your journey. And who's to say your journey isn't right? Who's to say that this isn't perfect? Guess what? It is perfect because you've made every single decision that led you to here. Mm-hmm. And in, in every single moment, you were doing the darn best you could with all that you had. Mm-hmm. So it's exactly where you need to be. And so one of the, one of a really powerful tip to shift from resistance to non-resistance is is really to, instead of pushing against, to stop and like, wait, look what I've done. Wow. I've, you know what? Look what I've achieved. Look at the, look how brave I've been. Look at the risks I've taken and I've gotten here. And to shift to appreciation is one of the quickest ways to get out of that habit. And I'll tell you, I just, I recently read Gary V's new book, my cousin, who I just, he's one of my closest friends and confidants. He gave it to me for Christmas. And I was like, Gary V, interesting. Cause I, I, I really respect the guy. I don't really follow him. And he's like, you should just read this. And so I did. And I, I got so much out of his 12 ingredients, out of 12 and a half ingredients. I don't know if you're familiar with his new book. No, I haven't read it. I've read his know, old books though, for sure. It's, it's great. I, I really loved the first part where he broke down his 12 and a half ingredients for business success. And the one thing that jumped out at me, so this might be my half, is patience. And what he does an amazing job of really shining some light on the perspective of having patience. Like, Hey, you know, we've got this incredible life journey. We've done a lot to get here. We've still got a long way to go. Like, why are you being so hard on yourself for what you haven't, haven't done? Take, just enjoy it and know that you're, you're moving in the right direction. And so I'll mention that because I really, I thought it was, I thought it was delightful. Yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna have to check out that book. I, I used to follow him on Instagram and he was just, <laughs> he's a lot sometimes, <laughs> you know, especially <laughs> early in the morning. Cause he like yells a lot. Um, he's very passionate about what he does, which I, I can totally yes. appreciate, but he's, yeah. I've read a few of his books and they're fantastic. So that's, yeah. that's a great recommendation. And, awesome. and I totally agree. I think there's, there's a process of flipping from, you know, that state of like, you know, anxiety to that state of gratitude. So like, mm-hmm. what are like, look at how far you've come and look at all the things that you've done and look at, at where you are today as being exactly where you need to be. Cause I think that living that state of regret, like you, you should have done something differently mm-hmm. will never keep you in a positive mindset. You'll always be trapped in negativity. That's right. By sheer resistance. I mean, just by simply because you're pushing against your situation. Mm-hmm. That's it. And why would we do that? It's it's actively choosing to wear a weighted vest mm-hmm. while trying to swim in the ocean. It's like, why would you do that? Why? 
<laughs> yeah, no, totally. And I think, I think a lot of it, like just the people I know, I think generally it's like, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this, but, you know, depending on your household and what you grew up with as a child, it really shapes how you think, you know, and your mindset mm-hmm. and that idea of having like a fixed versus growth mindset. Oh. Um, for sure. And I did not grow up in a family with a growth mindset. So I've had to really work. I work on it every day because Mm. I always default to negativity because that was my household's kind of vibe. So Mm. like, what's your take on that? Like, do you believe that that's something you can change? And like, if so, if people are coming from, you know, households, maybe where they didn't, you know, growing up, didn't have that positive support, like, what are some tools that they can use to consciously practice this? Oh, yeah. Well, for, to answer the first question, I 100% believe that we can change. And I know it to be true because of our brain's incredible you know, trait of neuroplasticity. Whatever you focus on, mm-hmm. you create for yourself. And so why it might feel hard for folks, you know, and they feel stuck in a fixed mindset, in their habits is just because they have deeply rooted neural networks in support of those mental habits and those behaviors, but those aren't permanent. Mm-hmm. It just stays there by, by virtue of their focus. And so for me, I mean, the, really the tool is about deciding to harness your focus because what you focus on, you create. And I mean, there's so much to say about this topic. We're going to have to do a part two or something, <laughs> but, but, you know, to really harness harness your focus. I have a, you know, kind of a multi-step process and it's, it's step one. You have to care way more about how you feel Mm -hmm. because how you feel is really telling you what you're focusing on and why that's important is because our minds are a mess. I mean, I'm sure you, you relate, right? It's one moment you're thinking about taking out the garbage. And then the next moment you're rehashing a argument you had five years ago. And then the next moment you're (laughs) wondering what's for dinner. And then the next moment you're replaying, you know, it's just, it's constant. And so while we'd like to think that we are in control of our lines of focus, the truth is, you know, there are multiple things that are in our awareness that we might not be super consciously aware of. And, you know, and if we're not feeling great, it's simply because we're focused in a way that's not serving us very much. Like if you were to turn on the TV and you want to watch a show and it ends up being horror and you don't like horror, it's going to make you feel bad. So what do you do? You change the channel. It's like, oh, I don't want to watch that. Mm-hmm. So you change it. And so, you know, if we're not feeling great in a moment, and, and I'll tell you a fixed mindset and the fear of failure and the regret and the, the, the risk aversion, I mean, that stuff doesn't feel great. And so step one, if you care more about how you feel, you'll recognize that, oh, I don't have to feel this way. So then step two is, well, catch. Mm-hmm. When you're not feeling empowered, when you're not feeling in, in, invigorated, when you're not feeling open or curious, because chances are you're focusing on something in a way, or you've got a narrative that's not working. And then step three is, okay, well, what narrative can I, what can I focus on that's going to reorient me? And so it's really just a shift in inner dialogue where you just have to put a full light of awareness on it. Oh, wow, I have been believing I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I've been telling myself that I'm not worthy of this. Wait, hold on. You know what? I've proven to myself, I can do whatever I put my mind to. So why this situation? Why is this one? Why do I think this is the exception? Hmm. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. And so then we pivot into a new narrative that feels better. We pop up below, above neutral and awesome. You do that enough. You'll create new neural networks in support of that. And 
you can shift out of that as a habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a habit. And that's the thing is like, like anything, you have to work on it. If it doesn't come naturally, it's something you have to consciously be aware of. And I think that's just like all about being present with your day and what you're doing. And I know as entrepreneurs, we're all really busy and, you know, we get into the flow of just working and, you know, picking up your kids and doing all these, walking the dog, whatever. Um, so, Autopilot. Yeah, <laughs> yes. totally. And you yeah. can, you can really trip yourself up by, you know, having those thought patterns and having the tools and then just forgetting to use them because <laughs> you're so busy yeah. or you're just like not even focused on the present. So I think, I think that's such a great, great process and, and great tips for, for anybody listening, who's kind of struggling with that. Cause right. entrepreneurship is a roller coaster. I mean, even now, like I'm 10 years into my business and you have days where, you know, the sales are amazing. And then you have days where it's like, is this website on what is happening? <laughs> um, you know, and that balance being able to manage that is, that is a trip for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, so Absolutely. I guess before we get into like some of the hot seat questions, are there any sort of like hacks or apps yeah. or tools you recommend for people to check out that might be helpful in implementing some of the stuff that you talked about? hundred percent. Yeah. Thanks for asking. So I just developed so on my website. I have a resource for a free resource to help wake up. And it's a very, very, very simple process. And if you go to my resources page, it's, it's literally, it's called strengthen your self-awareness. And it's, it's what we're talking about right here. It's waking up from autopilot because it's not that we don't have the ability to choose something different. It's that we forget to catch and then choose something different. Mm -hmm. It's waking up from autopilot. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's lacking that trigger moment that it's like, oh, wait, I can tell a different story here. Oh, wait. I can look at this in a whole new way. Oh, wait, I can pr- focus on appreciation and not regret, huh? So it's it's the forgetting to do that. And the reason this happens is simply because we become conditioned to feeling crappy. Mm-hmm. And we can't catch that because we just have this low level feeling of anxiety. And it's hard to catch that our subtle, sh- our, our feeling states shift. So on my, um, so I, so if you go to my resources page, you just sign up for the strengthen your self-awareness, very simple practice where you download the companion guide, you text me and literally I send, you know, you, you, it's a text-based practice where randomly you'll get text, you know, on the frequency you choose, but you'll, throughout the day you get a text saying, you know, what are you feeling right this moment? And then I've got a, you know, an actual questionnaire that breaks it down. Like, oh, I'm actually feeling enthusiastic or, oh, I'm feeling apathetic, but it's, but it's a way of heightening that sensitivity to how you feel, because the more you can be sensitive to how you feel, we can catch when our, our feeling states shift so that we can do something about it. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the tools that um, I'm pretty excited about. Mm -hmm. The other one, this is going to sound really boring, (laughs) but it is so effective. It's meditation. (laughs) It's just meditation. And I, you know, with all of the clients I work with, it's, it, it almost always comes up as a way of bolstering our work and accelerating our work because, you know, it's the way of strengthening our metacognition so that we have more agency in a moment. And so again, that's a whole other topic, but if meditation is something that's interesting to folks, I, I highly recommend mm. you know, check out Calm. I love, I use Calm. I've been using it for mm-hmm. years and there is a fabulous Jeff Warren. I think he does such a great job. He's got this learn to meditate in 30 days. 
And it's so fantastic. It's every day, it's 10 minutes teaching you a way of thinking about what meditation is, how it works and giving you a a way to relate to it. So that by the end of 30 days, you're like, oh, I got this. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, very approachable and, and folks tend to love it. But those are my two tools for now that I think. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great. I mean, meditation is, is very accessible. The Calm app is great. I have it too. I haven't listened to, I think John Warren is what you mentioned. Or Jeff, yeah, or Jeff, Jeff Warren. Warren. So I'm definitely going to do that. And I think there's lots of free resources out there. I have some great YouTube meditations that I have in my rotation that I listen to all the time yeah. uh, for sleeping that are free. So there's lots of resources out there at every level, I think is the message. And, you know, the key is really just taking something and implementing it. On That's a right. Basis. Right. right. And it's also understanding that meditation, you know, because the misconception for most folks is that we do it to feel peaceful in a moment or we do mm-hmm. it to remove stress from our life. And it's like, well, that can happen. But really what you're doing, it's meditation is a very uncomfortable practice of trying to hone your focus by focusing on one. You know, there's multiple ways of doing it, but you don't feel super, you know, you don't always feel super great in a meditation session, like whether it's 10 minutes or 30 or whatever, but really it's going to the gym for your brain and mm-hmm. it's, and it's strengthening that overseer. And so when people recognize, oh, this is about sharpening my ability to catch when I'm off in thought, catch when I'm telling that crazy narrative and come back to truth. Ah, so like every time I catch and come back, it's like a bicep curl. Oh, right. Okay. So, you know, helping people understand that, you know, really getting clear about what meditation is about can help facilitate someone really taking it on as a a solid practice. Yeah, totally. So before we get into the hot seat questions, tell me what's coming up for you. You mentioned you have a book. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited about this, Christy. Yes. So my book is called Living on Purpose. And it's five deliberate choices that, you know, for one to realize true fulfillment and joy. And so it really is a roadmap and it's a collection of five perceptual shifts that, you know, over the past 10 years that I've really been able to identify that will shift us into freedom to joy, giving us more time, resources, creative energy. It's it's this book really is a collection of the research behind that, my own personal story, a lot of client stories and case studies. And yeah, it's, I'm really excited about it. It releases May 24th and yeah, first book. So this is, gosh, I've learned so much about yeah. that. Oh, wow. What a journey that is. Yeah, tell me about it. That's amazing. So we'll put a link to your website and if there's like landing page for the book. So people yeah, can that when it comes out, because that I think this episode will be out before then, but we'll make sure that everybody um, checks that out as well. Um, so let's go into a few hot seat questions and then sure. we'll wrap up and just let everybody know where they can find some inspiration from you online. So what's one non-negotiable step in your morning routine? Mm, surprise, surprise, meditation. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I kind of knew what this was going to be. <laughs> um, what's your favorite business book that you've ever read? I have to say tribal leadership. Oh, interesting. total game changer for me. And it's, it's, yeah, totally. I love it. Classic. And it's, yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Coffee, tea, or something else? hundred percent coffee. You know, sometimes I can't wait to go to bed at night just so I can have coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I feel the same way. And you know what? I've had to cut back on my caffeine lately and it's been awful. 
Oh, I, 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 I like feel free. decaf beans the other day and I mix them half and half with my coffee yeah. in the morning, Yeah, um, which is not as bad. So I can still have that coffee smell. <laughs> half of it, I think, is the smell of like the beans freshly ground. It's just, oh, I love it. Oh, same, same. <laughs> Happiness. <laughs> yeah, totally. So what's your favorite podcast that you're listening to right now, either for fun or for business? You know, they're both, the both is Huberman Lab. Lab. Oh, yeah. A lot of neuroscience and I can find so much application for business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the last question I'll pick, if you could wear one outfit on repeat for the rest of your life, what would it be? You know, I have to say anything Viore is. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm happy, comfy. (laughs) So interesting. I've never heard of that brand until they raised like a bajillion dollars and they were all over the news. And I was like, what is this brand? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Nowhere. It is like wearing heaven. It's so comfy. Yeah. Check it out for sure. Yeah, I will for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you, Amy, for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to learn about how we can avoid using that S word and unlock some more time, energy, and resources in our business. And so to wrap it up, where can people find you online? Where's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, best way. My website is alwaysonpurpose.com. And I'm big on LinkedIn. And my LinkedIn, it's Amy Elisa Wong. And it's everybody pronounces it Eliza. So we go back and forth, which is fine. But Amy, <laughs> Amy Eliza Wong, Amy Elisa Wong is my LinkedIn handle. I'm also on Instagram. Same, Amy, Elisa Wong. And that's Elisa with a Z. That's right. That is correct. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So we'll put all those links in the show notes. Thank you again for graciously sharing your time and expertise with our audience. We look forward to checking out your book when it comes out. Awesome. Thank you, Christy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.